Please pray one Hail Mary with me as we enter into this month of Mary, this month of the Holy Rosary, as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, a little bit of an update on my mom, since it is a month of, of Mary, who's our spiritual mother, but um, a few of you have asked, how's mom doing? So um, I was able to go home on Thursday and see my mom, and she's doing well. She was just at the doctor, and um, she's on blood pressure medication, all that fun stuff, but her blood pressure is much lower than it was, um, and the doctor said they're going to wait, wait about a month until they do the surgery on her carotid artery, which is in her neck, and then um, she'll go from there. But I want to say thank you for your prayers for her. She's doing much better, uh, I believe, much, much due to your prayers. So thank you for that. Um, and as we uh, continue to grow this month, it's also October is also Respect Life Month in the church. And as we see the, the Respect Life or the pro-life movement grow, uh, we still see setbacks from time to time, and, uh, which makes us kind of feel like Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk. And remember that prophets are there to comfort the afflicted, but they're also there to, the, to afflict the comforted. And maybe your interior dialogue sounded a little bit like this, or has sounded like this in times of frustration, when you just see violence done to another human person. And his interior dialogue sounds like this. How long, O oh Lord, I cry for help, but you don't listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and clamorous discord. And a couple of days ago, for those who were following the news, you heard in Wausau there was a shooting where one man was killed and two people were injured. And we begin to ask these questions. Look, why does this happen? And what are we supposed to do? And, and one person I've always enjoyed as a saint that I encourage you to, to grow in a devotion to her is St. Teresa of Calcutta. Because when things are so complicated, so messy, she just seems to be able to simplify them and cut straight to the heart. And one time she was actually asked to speak to the president and a bunch of his dignitaries right after the Columbine shooting in Colorado. And after that shooting, they said, would you please talk to us about violence and how we're supposed to stop it? And for those of you who have actually seen this speech, you saw how awesome and powerfully God worked through this little four foot eight nun. And when she got up to the podium, she said this, you Americans are very foolish. You think you can conquer violence in the schools and allow the greatest violence in the womb. What do you think happens when you allow the place that is supposed to be safest for children to become the most violent? She said that you unleash spiritual powers into your culture that continue to have strength. You are just seeing the manifestation of your choices. Everyone there was speechless. St. Teresa of Calcutta was saying in that sin not only affects us personally in terms of giving authority over to the devil, the enemy, and his minions, but collectively over nations. 
and cultures and territories, even in houses. That's why we bless homes. That's why we, we ask priests to come and bless and bring the presence of Christ in there. Because there's not just personal demons, but St. Paul says in Ephesians 6, there's actually principalities and powers. And when we pray the Our Father, we end by asking the Father for deliverance from these evil spirits. We say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the Catechism affirms the importance of both our will and, this, and God's strength. Where we read in paragraph 2848, it says this, When we say, lead us not into temptation, it implies a decision of the heart. And if we live by the Spirit, we also walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit was sent to us from the Father to give us strength. So when we're tempted, imagine if you had to go speak in front of the president and a bunch of dignitaries, people with lots of money, a lot of power, earthly power that is, what have you been able to speak the truth? And we learned that this example that the temptations of the flesh can only be overcome by prayer. And we read in the next paragraph of the Catechism that such a battle in, in, the, in the victory is only possible through prayer. And it is, my, it is in prayer that Jesus vanquishes the temptations, both on the onset of his public mission and in the ultimate struggle of his agony. And this is really hard. If you heard what was just said, this is really hard for Americans because we love earning things. We love earning things because I studied enough in school. I deserve that grade. I worked hard in the fields. I deserve the money for my crop. I put the hard work in, ergo, I get the result. But apart from God, and when we're trying to overcome our own sin and pride, it doesn't work. That is why so many people fail at respecting life from the womb to the tomb, and we keep trying to do things with human effort alone. As followers of Jesus, we don't fight as the world fights. Something's different for the Christian. Something's different for the person who follows Jesus. And in Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, St. Paul even says this and affirms this. He says, For we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power for pulling down strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And one thing we do when, we, when St. Paul says our, our battles are not with flesh and blood, it's not with you and me, it's actually with evil spirits that are around us, bad angels, demons, they're real. And St. Paul, even in his letter to Timothy today, he reminds us to stir into flame the gift of God that you've received through the imposition of my hands so we can fight the good fight as we were told to do last week. When we think of imposition of hands, that should make our Catholic minds start going, thinking, that sounds a lot like baptism. That sounds a lot like confirmation or the ordination of a priest. Or for those of you who have seen somebody anointed, to see them have hands laid on them before they pass or before they have a major surgery. And he says, with that imposition of hands, we did not receive a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and self-control. And look at how Mother Teresa embodies that. But yet it seems that a lot of us, when we get caught up in just hating one another, we think of just the flesh and blood of every action, we get stirred with more fear and anxiety, which seems to make us make decisions based out of cowardice rather than 
with the power of God and the love of God and the self-control that God gives us. But we have the Holy Spirit. Even here in Acts 1 through 8, 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit that has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And it says, In Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And that water from our baptism signifies a new birth, a new life. In fire, that we receive the fire, which is the life of Jesus, that, that fiery spirit signifies the transforming energy of God's actions. And we need the water to cleanse ourselves from original sin at baptism, but then we also need the sacrament of confession to be re-cleansed. We also need to be transformed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of us have received the Holy Spirit at baptism, and then we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit at confirmation, and it's a transforming energy, and we have to ask ourselves, is the Spirit of God stirring within me? Am I transforming the world? So maybe just ask yourself that. Is the Spirit of God stirring within me? Have I been completely transformed by the Spirit of God? And I think if a lot of us are, are, are being honest, the answer is no, it's not stirring in me. Because I don't think a lot of us understand what happened at baptism. So I want to give you a, a brief meditation to walk through. And just, I'm just going to go through it. It's from a gentleman named Neil Lozano. And he founded Unbound Ministries. So there's a book called Unbound. And it go, helps people reach freedom. Because people struggle with evil spirits. They struggle with wounds. They struggle with pain. And the question is, well, how do we be freed? In that book... He shows us what happens at baptism. So what I'm going to ask you to do for just a moment is to close your eyes. And if you open them, just close them again. And I want you just to use your imagination. I want you just to imagine for a moment that you are walking by the Jordan River. And as you're walking along the Jordan, you see John the Baptist standing in the water with Jesus. And they both begin to wave you over to join them. And slowly, you walk in the water, and you're standing next to Jesus now. You look at Jesus as you stand by him, side by side, and John the Baptist slowly lowers you both into the water. Being lowered into the water signifies the death of Jesus and your death to the world. And while you are underwater, you rest in Jesus. Then, as John the Baptist brings you up out of the water, which signifies the resurrection of Jesus, you and Jesus have become one. And out of the clouds, you hear the voice of the Father say, This is my beloved Son. This is my beloved daughter, in whom I delight. For just a moment, receive that.
Okay, if you want to open your eyes. That's what happened at baptism. You and Jesus became one. And as we, we pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, He wants that to stir in you. He wants that to stir in you. The image I'd like to give you is the image that was given to me to help me understand what this looks like. A lot of us, if we were a glass and us and, and we are the milk, we pour milk in the glass and then we receive the Holy Spirit, it's like pouring chocolate milk into that glass. And for a lot of us, it's never been stirred. Just straight up, never been stirred. And what St. Paul is encouraging us to do is to stir so you and Jesus can remain one. And our prayer lives, our, the intercession of the saints, the, whole, the sacraments, keep us one with Jesus. And they help us respect life. They help us treat others better because we know that Jesus says, his spirit says, his word says, that you do unto the least of mine, you do it to me. And Jesus always says, let the children come to me. Whoever harms one of these little ones, it would be better if a, a cinder block was hung around his neck and he was pushed into the sea. So we have to know that when we, when we hurt children, especially those most innocent ones in the womb, we're also hurting Jesus. And that our battle is not with one another. Our battle is with principalities and powers. And just notice how St. Teresa of Calcutta, when she stepped up the podium, you had to imagine there's plenty of evil spirits tempting her in front of all those dignitaries, in front of the president at the time, to scold them. But rather, she reminded them that they have been, by their choices, by their votes, by the way they're living, they have been unleashing spiritual powers into the culture that continue to have strength. And she reminded them that they're just seeing the manifestation of their choices. And if you and I, if we want to really see an end to violence of every person outside of the womb, we must begin to pray daily to our angels, to our saints, to our Lord, for an end to violence inside of the womb. So two things I would encourage you to do to take this to the next level. I want to encourage you, the first thing is this past week we celebrated, uh, actually last Sunday, but we celebrated the Feast of the Archangels. So if you don't have a devotion to the St. Michael prayer, I would encourage you to learn that and pray that daily. That prayer is really, really powerful. The other, 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 other thing we celebrate this week is the Feast of our Guardian Angels. We celebrated that on October 2nd. And I'd really encourage you to form a devotion to your Guardian Angel. Our Guardian Angels have all seen the face of God. And that is really, really important because they fight battles for us so we don't fight with one another. And the second thing I would invite you to do is to do something I was invited to do five years ago. So I never, I never asked you to do anything I wouldn't do. And I would encourage you to go home and write on a note card and write this. God, I surrender and I give you complete permission to set my soul on fire for you. God, I surrender and I give you complete permission to set my soul on fire for you. Put it in a place where you'll see it every single day. I put mine right below my mirror when I was in seminary, and I still have that same card right below my mirror at the rectory where Father Matt and I live. And I see it every day. Because we need to remember, we need to be reminded, because so often we live in such busy, busy worlds, and it makes us act more out of cowardice rather than out of the spirit of power, love, and self-control. And, we, and when we do that, we remember, we remember that when we were baptized, we became one with Jesus. 
And we have the Spirit of God in us, and He wants that Spirit to stir because our world needs that Spirit. Our world needs that courage. So when we are tempted towards cowardice, we're tempted towards fear and not faith and trust in Jesus, we remember our identity, and we ask for Christ to live through us. So as we move forward this week, let us remember that we are called to stir the flame of the gift of God in us. And that would be what St. Paul is talking about by bearing our hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. So we don't, again, as, as the catechism said, we don't rely on ourselves, but we rely completely on Jesus. Let us take a moment of silence to commit ourselves once again to relying on Jesus, to ask for his mercy, to repent, and to move forward in Christ Jesus today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen.